International. Welcome to another episode of Lie, Cheat, and Steal. I'm your host, Pat Sorois, and this, oh, by the way, this is a podcast about thieves, liars, frauds, <laughs> and bullshitters, and uh, just wheezy, asthmatic men. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And, and uh, of course, my, with me, was, I was always back in the studio, back in action, back in Austin. Yeah. Kath Barbadoro, how you doing? I'm good, thank you. Yeah, um, we haven't had a break in episodes, so our listeners might not know, but I moved to New York uh, like three weeks yeah. to a month ago, and uh, I'm just back in town for a few days. So we thought we'd bank some episodes. Yeah. We are going to keep doing the podcast. Don't worry. Yeah. Rest I, assured. I'm gonna be. Yeah. We're gonna. <laughs> we're gonna be breathing at you. Yeah. <laughs> we're gonna. We're gonna. I'm gonna be doing it remotely. But yeah. yeah. What Pat is referencing is we got our first less than five star review yeah, on iTunes yeah. recently. We still got three. We still got three, uh, which is not bad. Uh, A man who is very upset about. Very upset. Very eloquent. Yeah, I'm very worried about Pat's health um, <laughs> and his wheezing and sniffing into the microphone. Uh, I do want our listeners to know, through the course of this podcast, Pat has lost probably... 60 pounds. 60 pounds. Yeah. <laughs> so don't worry. He's doing I'm, okay. I'm going to be here for the long haul. He's still got that Coke drip, but you yeah, know what? Yeah, He's yeah. doing okay otherwise. As long as the booze and drugs don't take me out. Um, yeah, no, but yeah, we uh, so we, we bounced back. We still got a three, and like it still says a five-star over average. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. And he said yeah. he was like, the information's great. I'm just worried about Pat. Uh, yeah, to that so listener, yeah. to that listener, Pat has got a like a little nasal inhaler yeah, yeah. to to try to combat this. Now I'm worried that we're talking about it and everyone's going to notice and they didn't already. Yeah. But uh, so sorry in advance. I hope you skip this part for, and go yeah, right to the rooted, story. Rooted for you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. So uh, today, I you know I, I wanted to uh, talk about something that I remember seeing on the news a while ago. And uh, Kathy, ever uh, did, did your family ever own horses? No, I'm not that rich. Oh. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I, I did. I did know people who owned horses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, like we, I remember us talking about this because you grew up in Colleen or yeah, Copper's yeah. Cove, and like uh, there. Um, it was sort of like a rednecky thing to own horses, but also like black rednecks. Yeah, that's what, yeah. Like I, I, it didn't hit me till later in my adult life that like all the people I knew who were like horse people who owned and operated horses. I, I just, I just like I knew it. I was like, wait, like an overwhelming majority of them are black. Like, yeah, it just it hit me out of nowhere. I'm working on this uh, movie with this lady I met from Houston, and uh, she, I, I finally like, like we had a long car drive stuck in traffic. We were talking, you know, fit, find out where she's from. Da da da. The the, the 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 descendant of like two great black ro- rodeo men you know was, Hell yeah. was, was like yeah we had we had rodeo money and we were fucking country black I was like every I was like I, I don't know any white people who ride horses like, yeah that's a very different because I grew up in the northeast so like if you had horses you were like a special yeah. subgroup of white yeah yeah, yeah so yeah. very different but no yeah. I did not I did not own horses so that's um, the, that, always a little freaked out by him frankly yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, we, we we just had an episode about I just realized we had an episode of hunting them last week uh, yeah yeah. Yeah. So yeah, this, this is to show you the other side of 
horses. Basically, uh, horse racing, uh, thoroughbred racing. Okay. Uh, one of the it's something I've never been able to care about because the people who engage in it are fucking filthy, stinking rich. Uh, Did you watch? Were you at Joe and Katie's house when we watched the Kentucky Derby? No. The we were just like it happened to. They were having a cookout, and the, it happened to be the day of the Kentucky Derby, and so it was like on in the background, and we were just kind of looking at people's hats. And then the race happened. <laughs> I didn't realize it's literally like thirty seconds, a whole day. Yeah. Of whole day festivities outside. and I think there's six races mint juleps and yeah yeah mint julep, giant seconds. hats seersucker suits and just fucking yeah it's fucking it's crazy. ridiculous that's why I've never liked any movie about racing horses because I'm always like where's the drama it's like oh the horse lost congratulations that so horse doesn't wrong. know yeah and the horse doesn't know and oh, by, oh how are you ever gonna get by Mr. Oh I'm still rich enough to own and race horses yeah like, yeah yeah there's no stakes you're gonna so, be okay uh, I like the fact that you can bet on horse racing I've always thought sure. that was kind of interesting uh, it's a long and storied tradition I want to talk to you today about the 2002 Breeders Cup betting scandal. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. It's uh let's just let's just dive right in here. All right. Uh I got all narrative with this. <laughs> the year is 2002. All right, we're at one of the most prestigious horse races in the world, the Breeders' Cup. It's in Arlington Park, Illinois. Now among the dozens of horses racing that day is one named Volpini. Volpini. Now, Volpini. Yeah, Vol, Volpini. I, I, I need to just say this now because we're doing an episode about horse racing and I won't be able to move on because it's going to come up. Uh, have you seen the Mr. Show sketch where he's teaching uh, by billiards? Bob Odenkirk. Uh, it's like a fake infomercial. Bob Odenkirk plays like a billiards guy and he's like, it's like learn by billiards. Yeah. And one of the bits in it is that he's recreating a Kentucky Derby and <laughs> it's just all the entire pre- like excuse for it is just stupid horse names. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's like his, my favorite one is Papa's delicate condition. Um, there's Batman the horse. There's uh, old Felcher. They just all and it's like every time I think about horse racing, I can't not think about yeah, it. Yeah, they all have, yeah. Uh, I think this year at the Kentucky Derby Irish War Cry yeah, won. Yeah, like it's, yeah, yeah. It's, they're, they're always like like more of an idea which, than, 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 than a thing. You know? uh, also, I want to say we were watching um, uh, the Kentucky Derby with Pat Dean and Pat Dean, who is very Irish, goes, Irish War Cry, that's just the N-word, which <laughs> I appreciate it. Good, good Pat Dean zing there. <laughs> yeah, a Dean zing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, anyway, yeah. moving on. Yeah, uh, uh, similar bit with uh, the fucking um, what the hell's that name? That uh, Par- Alan Partridge took character does a similar oh. bit, and one of them just goes, eh, "Followed on the rear by, I am not a stomach." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, good genre of comedy that is. Thick horse <laughs> names. All right, so the year is 2002. We're at the Breeders' Cup. It's in Arlington Park, Illinois. Volpini. Volpini. All right, now Volpini is a thoroughbred racehorse descended from a famous line of French racehorses who I just I imagine smoked and were rude. Yeah. Uh, Volpini was the guy kind of a slouch, though. Uh, his odds of winning that day were 43 to 1. All right, not Black not sheep good. of the family. Yeah. Now, there's a lot riding on this race. Uh, if you place a winning bet at the Breeders' Cup, you can win tens of thousands of dollars. Okay, if you win what's called a pick six, where you correctly pick the winners of all six six races you can win millions of dollars okay so thousands of people have placed very expensive wagers on these races and the amount of money circulating around this event is easily in the hundreds of millions okay so no one of this day is more aware of this than chris harn now okay. chris harn is a horse no, <laughs> chris harn is a senior programmer at a company called auto tote now uh the time tote or toad tote Okay. Auto toad would be tight though. Is auto toad do horses come and tow your car? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just wondering. Yeah, you just come outside of the repo horse and it's yeah. already linked up to it. It's just it's running. Like, we got like, two God horsepower here. It. Literally, yeah. it's two horses. <laughs> They're gonna pull you out of that ditch. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was like the repo horses, like they take off with it. 
Oh, I'm sure they could do that too. Repo horses. Yeah, this is uh, a good business idea. Yeah, yeah. I feel like people would appreciate the it, sort of throwback it, nature. It's an all natural repo. Yeah. yeah an organic repos for car repossession <laughs> service. It's green. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Now, at the time, uh, Autotote ran the computerized system that managed off-track betting for roughly 65% of the entire horse racing industry. Okay. Chris was a very intelligent guy. He had a degree in computer engineering from Drexel University. Uh, he was a family man. He had a young daughter. So this put Chris in a particular situation, you know, supporting a family, expensive job. Sure. Uh, he was smart and needed money. And that's um, that's always, uh, that's usually good and sometimes it's bad. So uh, Chris noticed a glaring loophole in the betting system at his company. Wins didn't register in the system until after the fourth race was completed. So this left a 20 minute window uh. in which he as a computer programmer there could log on, change the wagers on any ticket he pleased. For the final two races, he would do what's known as betting the wheel, where you pick every horse of the race on that card. I see. And so it's, 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 it's actually, it's a dumb technique because it, it costs a lot of money to place that bet. Right. But and if the, you get the other four, right. Yeah. And then you get the pick six because yeah. you bet it on all, you yeah, bet on exactly. all the right horses. So, yeah. 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 So, uh, so that's, you know, it's where you pick every horse in the race. Now there's one problem. Chris auto tote employee that he is unable to place bets on horse racing. Mm. So he had to seek help. Now that's when he reaches out to his old college buddy from Drexel, uh, Glenn De Silva. All right. Now Glenn and, uh, Glenn and Chris for Chris, were roommates and fraternity brothers in college and uh, we're still very close friends at the time. Uh, they met when they were... Now, I never went to college. I think you know more about the world of academia than I do. <laughs> Drexel University. Wait, 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 is that like, oh, the Drexel boys? Or I also, B, good. where is it? Uh, I don't know where it is. Okay. I think it's decent. I, I'm sorry for assuming that you would know that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I just know everything about every college because I went to one. I, yeah, I, I, you guys get like a newsletter <laughs> or something. You're, right? you're book smart. You're learned. <laughs> What's up? Uh, I will say I feel like um, anybody who like goes back to their college roommate for like a, I, that just seems like you're up to no good to me. Yeah, like I yeah, just yeah, yeah. that's like because it's someone it's like who's teaming like up with your old buddy from the army. It's yeah, like, y'all get into. Yeah, it's like I need somebody who's like listen to me jerk off and pretended to be asleep. That's who I need. Like it's somebody who like has seen your, your dark side. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I mean, that's how they started fucking Facebook and that's pretty evil. Yeah. So exactly. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. I just feel like if you're getting your old college roommate involved, like there's probably some crooked shit yeah, why going couldn't on. You reach out to somebody you just met in the last couple years. No. Nope. Uh, yeah. 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 Exactly. They that's don't know. Saying. They don't know about the dark times when yeah. you had a fucking Bob Marley poster yeah. on your wall. <laughs> For you shaved all the pubes off your chin like exactly. you know like they don't, yeah exactly. they remember your eyebrow piercing yeah. like they <laughs> they're in for life your white rapper phase yeah yeah, which I, I'm still struggling with. Uh, <laughs> you are currently in your white rapper still phase. There, I'm still there. Speaking of podcast listeners, if you don't know, Pat Sorois is a very accomplished white rapper yeah. <laughs> uh, in a wonderful group called Vanilla Presley. So check uh, yeah, that yeah, out. I've not crossed. I've not peanut buttered the chocolate yet with them. So thank you. For, uh, for <laughs> well, I also think that's funny because uh, it's not only is Pat a, a white rapper, uh, he's the least white rapper in his white rap group. Yeah. So like, just so you know how white it is. <laughs> okay. Anyway, I'm, yeah, I'm still fucking, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lane, Lane will out white anybody. I, uh, 
Now, there was one, yeah, Chris had reached out to Glenn to sell him. Now, Chris and Glenn were roommates and fraternity brothers in college, and uh, they met. Oh, they and were, frat brothers? Yeah, yeah that's yeah, like, yeah, exactly. we like accidentally killed a yeah, pledge. Yeah. We both know where the fucking body's at. We both know where the body's yeah, at, dude. Yeah, yeah, If you don't help me. We did some fucked up hazing shit, and yeah, now we're in for life. Yeah, if that chick talks, dude. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, so uh, now, uh, Glenn was outgoing and popular, and Chris uh, was a quiet, bookish type. Uh, Chris would help Glenn with his studies, and in turn, Glenn taught Chris how to socialize, and they both learned a little bit about themselves uh, in the process. I would love to see that movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to watch that one. The nerd and the jock. Yeah, help yeah, each other yeah, out. Yeah, that's never been done. <laughs> uh, Glenn eventually convinced Chris to join his frat, Tau Kappa Epsilon. Uh, Tau Kappa, woo! I don't fucking know anyways, but after college, Glenn moved to Manhattan and got into the fast life, as he called it. I guess he was working in the financial industry mm. for a while and just kind of like, uh, you know, was doing everything you expect a Glenn De Silva living in <laughs> Manhattan. Right, in the financial industry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking yeah, yeah so. people out of money, yeah. Yeah, but then, uh, you know, he said he was doing a lot of cocaine and uh, he Classic. was in dire, yeah, he was in dire straits financially by the time Chris reached out to him uh, with a scam that he had noticed in the, in, the, in the betting. So the two got right to work and here's what they did it first. At first, they would just cash in uncashed waivers. You'd be, uh, as apparently, millions of dollars uh, are unclaimed after horse races. Really? People throw their tickets down and walk the fuck out all the time. It happens. Wow. Yeah. So there's all this unclaimed money. So at first, what he started doing was he started printing off uh, these, uh, he, he started printing off these uh, vouchers for you know winning tickets essentially mm-hmm. and De Silva would just walk into the fucking uh, into the horse uh, the, the horse arena I guess <laughs> the horse to see him and he, would, he would walk in yeah he would walk in there the horse the horse <laughs> <laughs> They shoot horses, don't they? <laughs> he would go to the pre-glue roundy track. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so uh, he would. Uh, so he goes in there and he would just cash him in. Now they were like, you know, making like a couple grand a month doing this, which is like if you're already working and have a salary, like that's a, a nice fucking bonus. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So they keep this up. Well, then eventually. He started noticing that uh, what he—that's when he noticed the uh, the lag in the system after the fourth race. Mm-hmm. And so what they started doing is they started doing the pick fours. So okay. the pick fours were uh, they just do the first four races? First four go races, in, change yeah, the yeah, vet. yeah, yeah. And at this point, you know, they're they're pulling this, this 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 kicks off. You know, this they're made, like this point they said they're making about six grand a month each. All uh, right, yeah, just doing this, and they can do it whenever they want. You know yeah, and like, and so that's uh, a good living. That's yeah, exactly. a That's a fucking you teacher salary. Do, yeah, you wouldn't have to do anything else. Yeah, and so uh, so from all accounts, you know, Chris, the family man, was pretty prudent with his winnings. Uh, I'm, I'm sure he invested and just kind of took care of his family. Uh, he, you know, continued to lead a fairly modest life. Uh, De Silva, however, with mm. this sudden this sudden rush of he's the guy uh, in Goodfellas who comes in with the fur coat on his yeah, wife. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yes, yep. that's him. Uh, so he started fucking going nuts. He said he he was jet setting the globe. He would take expensive trips two or three times a month. He said he'd always shoot out to L.A. or Vegas for the weekend. Uh, and he said he was just doing a ton of coke. Oh yeah. yeah. This guy clearly lives his life. Like every day is a bachelor party. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I would kill to see his apartment. Yeah. This is like the just late, yeah, this is like a late nineties, uh, late nineties Manhattan. Oh uh, yeah. I bet there's like a shiny black leather couch. Oh yeah. 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 We're, we're, we're ties thin or wide at this point. What was going on then? Hmm? Ties. Were they thin or were wide? Were they thin or wide? I feel like this guy's wide. This is a wide tie guy. A power yeah. tie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Cause I know like, like sometimes ties, and what they mean and what they represent <laughs> shift like you know like yeah, yeah there are uh, times when it was like oh thin ties but he was doing thin. what's in now tell me it's about the tie ties. trends it's, it's thin, thin it's back in yeah back when I was doing daily tie wearing which is like a 2000 when I lived in Connecticut because it's required to leave the house you have to be in a yeah, suit and yeah, tie yeah, if yeah. you leave the put house put a fucking tie on your bum <laughs> 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 yeah 
<laughs> but uh, so I would uh, I would have to wear ties to both my job at AT and T, and it was we were all wide tie guys, and that was also when Trump ties at the market. And one of my yeah, coworkers, well, his tie is like it's long and wide. It's yeah. too long. Yeah, yeah. And it's like a yeah. yeah. I assure you, there's no problem. There's no, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like he's almost like he's, co- he's compensating for something. It's like his hands. Uh, anyways, uh, so yeah, so. Um, He's, he's yeah he's wild now and this was her life for a while this kind of kind of kept this up yeah. it's like there was literally like as as Silva said in one of the interviews he said there was just no way to get caught yeah there was like it just he's wasn't. on the he's the man on the inside yeah, yeah well hard on the inside he's doing it like but they're not paying attention to what he's doing he's just walking in and cash these tickets he's you know people people win. 10 grand 20 grand a couple times an hour at these places right yeah it's not like they're winning all the pick sixes it's not yeah exactly so that was you know that was their their thing for a while they would have kept that up even the authorities were like yeah this they could have did this until the end of time uh chris god damn it i'm mad they flew too close to the sun because this could be a good these aren't bad guys yet kind of (laughs) well there's an argument made that that that, that they're that they're well we'll get into this so it's it's like it's already gambling it's already like it's not not like they're stealing from hardworking people it's they're stealing from a betting facility yeah. <laughs> that abuses horses so like yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, probably okay ex- exactly but there's uh there's a rebuttal because that was like kind of like what the public thought right and there's a, a guy who works for the chicago tribune who reports on horse betting he's got a very different opinion and we'll, mm, okay we'll get to that in a we'll moment. get into that yeah so uh yeah so there's that now uh chris hard though he Maybe I, at this point, being a little too smart for his own good or be a little too clever by half, he thought eventually they would get caught. You know, yeah. he's like, eventually this is going to get caught somehow. So, and he didn't want to do it all the time, always feeling like risky looking over his shoulder. So he said, they want to do one last big score, okay. which never goes right. Yeah. Never do one last big score. Don't do it. It's yeah. It's I, also I, I well I've seen enough third acts. To know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but also I just love that because this is the classic gambling like mentality is like yeah. they're scamming yep. gamblers and this is how you fuck up gambling is you don't walk away exactly yeah. you don't walk away yeah. ahead yeah. like you always try to shoot the you moon got, and you, then you gotta know when to fold them you gotta know when to fold them <laughs> yeah. uh the last time i heard somebody say the phrase shoot the moon was my friend telling me how he botched an interview a job interview to be an electrician while demanding a pretty high amount of money per hour while simultaneously having a hand warmer and urine taped to his ball sack. <laughs> and the AC was out in the office and he was sweating profusely. And he said he was just like, man, all my confidence went out the window. And the guy said, so why should I pay you $25 an hour? And I'm only paying these guys 17. And he just said, like with sweat went down his face, he goes, I'll shoot the moon. <laughs> so uh, I'm probably going to fail, but yeah, hey, yeah. I'll fail big. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that yeah, he's like, man, it looked like I was on drugs. He's just sweating like he has the piss and the hand warmer. Oh, man. <laughs> we love you, Brian. Anyways, uh, so yeah, so Chris, so he wanted to get out. He wanted to do one last thing. He decided it's what he wanted to do. He wanted to hit the pit six, pick six mm-hmm. at the Breeders' Cup. Okay. So if they pull this off, this is going to nab him $1.3 million. All right. $1.3 million, yeah. And and this is uh, and they can just you know ride off into the sunset. But you know, every time you think you're out, they pull you back in. That's, that's what they say. Yeah, that's what uh, that's on my father's grave. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> uh, a hard so there's a hard head to Silva conduct two dry runs. Now this is what they were gonna do. This is when they decided to hit the fucking pick six. Okay. This is when they when they do the betting the wheel. This yep. is they 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 they're gonna do the first four and then they're gonna bet uh you know in the last two races everybody on, on everybody yeah so. 
they do that and they want it they want to make sure this works they do a dry run first so what they do is uh they go to uh it's about 45 minutes from arlington park still in chicago it's called balboro park uh and it's about 45 minutes from arlington park now uh he goes over there and after the uh he places his bets after the first two races hard logs in at the auto tote location alters the original bets on the first two races then picks every horse in the last two races. Mm-hmm. So as a result, De Silva won eighty grand nice. on their dry run, they on went, their dress rehearsal. Yeah, on their dress rehearsal. Hell yeah, <laughs> yeah. The dress rehearsal they went eighty grand. All right. Now, uh, two days later, uh, Hart and De Silva repeated the pattern in a pick six at Belmont Park. Uh, this time, De Silva scored one hundred thousand dollars. All right. So in just their dry runs. Yeah. They, they each put ninety grand in their fucking pocket. Like, yeah. So again, walk away now. Yeah. Yeah, but you know. But I mean, they're they both went well. Yeah, they both they both went, didn't yeah, get caught. Everything's going, going to go good. So, <clears throat> so this time, the Silva now for the Breeders' Cup. Hard uh, had day uh, now. There we go. Now, at this point, they wanted to move forward with it, but at the, they were like, you under your off-track betting account, you just won. Uh, twice. Won in twice a row. And with a very cockamamie fucking betting style. Right. You know, so they were like, uh, we don't, you right, know. Right, because they can see, like, you bet the wheel on two races. Exa- yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, like, yeah. They I can mean, look that up. They're out there. Now, the first time when you won, this, this is true, when you won the 80 grand, everything else was a lot. Now, when you won the <laughs> 80 grand, uh, they actually sent him a letter uh, complimenting his betting style. Yeah, yeah. And they went back and, like, talked to the people who sent the letter. And they're like, no, it wasn't us like kind of tipping the hat that we're on to you. They were literally like, no, we, we were like, oh, God Impressed, damn. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, so that, as, yeah, so this result, they, uh, they do that. Well, so that, now they're like, well, we can't do it the third time at the Breeders' Cup on your fucking account. Right. So what do you get? What do you do in that situation? You got to reach out to a third fraternity brother. Oh, boy. <laughs> now, if you got two fraternity bros in the same place that obviously they're up to no good when they, when they have hit a wall and they have to reach out and get a third recruit a third frat bro yeah at this point you, you've reached into fucking this grand larceny like, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. When, like that's it's like a you know how there's like a law in judaism where you have to have like a certain amount of men to study the torah yeah i yeah, feel yeah, like yeah. there's a frat version of that for scams like yeah. you need you need a quorum yeah to, if you're going to do a more than million dollar scam you need yeah. a quorum of frat guys yeah 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 you gotta which get. is like that's like why the housing crisis happened yeah because yeah, exactly. there are just yeah. too many frat guys in one place yeah <laughs> there should be a uh, a rule yeah it's yeah just, yeah yeah like the keep Greek, them separate it's like yeah. a gang it's like gang laws yeah yeah where you're like you can't congregate (laughs) greek laws love it oh man call like that make that a thing hashtag greek laws uh (laughs) so yeah so they call in their former frat bro Derek davis uh which that's a don't trust a Derek. alliterative names what did we say before it's alliterative names don't fuck with alliterative names it's also a two first namer yeah 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 red flags all over with this guy yeah (laughs) now uh also what's funny so now we have chris Derek, and uh What's the other fucking Glenn? Glenn and like yeah. just about to like rewind it like the clock twelve years and it's just like it's like the early nineties and they're sitting in their dorm at Drexel University. And he's like, We're gonna like go out and try to get some fucking pussy tonight, Glenn. Like, <laughs> shut up, Derek. And like that's just like Glenn, Derek, and Chris. Ugh. Uh, <laughs> so 
uh here's what they did uh Derek davis opened up a uh a off-track betting account and, th- and they called they did it out of the uh out of a betting firm in catskill which is like uh in, in new york yeah, right? upstate, yeah new york. upstate new york and uh he called in from his, his home in baltimore Derek davis was living in bmore mm-hmm. and so he calls in and he buys a uh a 12 dollar pick six ticket ticket picking one winner in the first four races betting the wheel the last two yeah and so now De Silva had just pulled in uh, 180 grand in two days. Anyone? Yeah, the, the, they reach out to him. Now, on that day, uh, Harn slips into his office on auto tote. He's actually not scheduled to be there that day, but he goes Uh-oh. in anyways. Okay. Also, look for the guy coming in on his day off. Yeah. Uh, either promote him or fire him. So, I don't know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> Something's up. That's a surefire man. If I see a guy coming in his day off, I'd make a snap decision. Do I promote him or do I fire him? <laughs> and usually, I flip a coin. <laughs> Beat it, you bum. <laughs> Just trying to get some OT, man. <laughs> This is Just guys listening to this, uh, Give yourself the benefit of the doubt. Don't ever come in when you're not working. Yeah, not, Don't work an extra yeah, minute. Yeah, I had a work meeting this morning, and uh, my boss was talking about like these things needed to get cleaned, and I was like, "This is like the owner of the company," and I was like, "Uh huh, yeah, yeah." And he was like, "Yeah, right, it's okay." I was like, "Definitely, you no, know, I'm in tomorrow, so I'll definitely take care of that." Right. Like, was when like, I'm not? scheduled to work. Yeah, See you yeah, then. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so he yeah. comes in on his day off. Comes in on his day day off. Uh, now he goes in. He uh, remotely ejects the security tape at Catskill before the first race. And now that that. It comes back to bite him, but he like he didn't even have to do that. Like, yeah. Uh, he then took several calls from Davis in Baltimore while the races were underway. So they're just coming back and forth. You yeah. Know. Uh, after the fourth race, uh, half an hour before the turf, which I guess is the turf and the classic are the final races. Okay. That's another thing for horses. They have stupid names for fucking everything. Like, yeah. We call this one the classic and this one the turf. Why? I can't explain that. I Ask imagine. England. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we just copied it from them. Now, after the uh, the fourth race and a half an hour before the turf, Harn hacked in the system tracked down davis's bet he then changed davis's original bet to reflect the actual four winners uh then he had his text reinsert the tape uh, the security tape and then he bet on every horse running in the turf and classic assuring that he would win uh the plan worked and they were able to turn their original into they made a $1,152 bet in almost $3.1 million in wow. winnings in okay. fucking one second. Damn. Yeah, $3.1 million, uh, $2.57 million for winning the pick six, and then $498,000 in consolation prizes for picking the rest of the pick fours. So yeah. it's like cumulative. It's all fucking exponential. Wow. So here's the thing. Remember Volpini? Yeah. The 43 to 1 long shot? All Volpini, the literal dark horse? Yeah. Nobody thought Valpini was going to win the sixth race. No one at fucking all thought he was going to win the sixth race. So no one betted on him. Yeah. Pick sixes are usually 43 won. to one odds. 43 to one odds. Pick sixes are won commonly, but they're usually won by several dozen people because they pick horses that are probably right. going to win. It's yeah. It's a predictable, yeah. relatively predictable thing. If you're going to get all six, right. It's yeah. like, if there's a big upset, nobody's going to win. Exactly. Six exactly. Six. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Volpini won that goddamn race by five lengths. Fuck. Five Volpini. Volpini out of nowhere. Making it his was French the, ancestors yeah, proud. Yeah. 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 They're Good like, for him. they spit their wine out, their horse cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the widest margin of victory ever in the breeder, the history of the Holy Breeders' Cup. Holy shit, Volpini! <laughs> yeah, what yeah. happened? Yeah, he was just—he uh, just, just, you know what? He hates crime. Yeah, <laughs> Volpini is a crime-fighting horse. We need to get him uh, with the the two the Robert De Niro's detectives from the fucking third episode. Yeah, in Volpini, wow, what were those fucking guys' names? Uh, whatever. Oh, but, they were great. Yeah, uh, add Volpini to that. They have a horse now. The show just got ten times better. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> All right, so uh, the crime fighting trio of 
a private detective, an Italian uh, PI, and uh, anyways. <laughs> So uh, one of the largest, it was actually one of the largest margins in thoroughbred racing period of all time. Like, so it, it, it still stands. Yeah. Uh, the only person holding a winning ticket was Derek goddamn motherfucking Davis. Of course. Yeah. So immediately the nature of the bet raised suspicions. They're like, hold on. You got this flip flopping fucking ticket over yeah. here where it's like four, you know, four picks and then two fucking, uh, you know, bet the wheels. So they uh, immediately, because you know, mo- most betters pick uh, more than one horses to increase the chances of winning as mentioned above davis selected only one horse for the first four yeah, races yeah. it looked it was a very wacky yeah. looking ticket. he effectively played the same ticket six times it also seemed unusual that all the bets were placed through cat's kill a pretty small operation yeah uh, the new york racing association asked the new york state racing and wagering board to launch an investigation and the first step the board asked arlington park and cat's kill not to pay out davis's winnings that was the mm. first step so they Uh-oh. seized the winnings so so they know something's up yeah. right away yeah the new york state police fbi and u.s attorney general for the southern district of new york Later joined the investigation. Hard and Davis were very nervous, but finally decided their only course was to claim the bet was legitimate. Yeah, because if it, double like, down, yeah, baby. yeah, you got yeah, double down, yeah. We're there just seems to be like this this like kind of like cut and paste narrative for all these fucking stories. It's like, uh, yeah, and at this point they've reached the double down stage. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, they, yeah. They've gone past the trip, the third frat brother into the yep. double down. <laughs> <laughs> oh man you know, now, that I, now that I know what I know about this stuff these guys are pretty hacky and unoriginal you know? <laughs> but uh so yeah so then uh Davis went to the press maintaining his innocence. He said the only reason that the payout was so large was that he didn't intend to make a two. He, made, he meant to make a $2 bet, but he fucked up with the phone system. He made a $12 bet. Mm. So that's all it was, guys. It was just a faulty call-in system. And, he, and then he demanded any proof of wrongdoing. Uh, fifth stage, frat boy screaming, prove I did something wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where's your evidence? Yeah, yeah. Huh? <laughs> evidence, the last refuge. I rely guy. on logic. Yeah. <laughs> Heard of it? <laughs> <laughs> All right, now, uh, the fact that the nature of the ticket changed so abruptly after the first four races um, led investigators to wonder early on if somebody had hacked into the system and changed the ticket. Mm-hmm. So naturally, they fucking turned the focus to auto-tote. Uh, auto-tote was like, it auto-totes wasn't us, bro. So yeah. yeah. They immediately suspected an inside job. They questioned all of their employees in the Newark offices. That's where he worked out of Newark. Mm-hmm. Another, again, red flag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So a lot of scams happen. Yeah, yeah, That's all yeah, we're saying. Yeah. Uh, they soon discovered that Harn wasn't scheduled to work on the day of the race, but had still been in the office. Mm-hmm. Uh, even more seriously, they discovered that Harn had tapped into the system and altered Davis's ticket after the first four races. When Harn couldn't explain his activity or what he was doing at work in the first place, <laughs> Autotone fired him and turned over the results of the, its own investigation to New York and state and federal, state and federal officials. Uh, investigators soon discovered that Hard and Davis had been members of Drexel's Tau Kappa Epsilon chapter. Yup. And not long after that, they discovered that De Silva had been a member of that fraternity at the same time as Hard and Davis. If you ever find some unconnected, who seemingly unconnected <laughs> white men who have who have done something wrong, just yeah. check and see if they were in a frat yeah, together. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, man. The, the, the idea of like the the act of finding something out and that thing that you just found out was that three people were all the same fraternity it's just like that turning point in the movie like there's like a picture it's them all like yeah like yeah a yeah, yeah. And shit. yeah it's tacked to a bulletin board with yeah. red string coming out from it <laughs> fuck yeah hell yeah that's like just they got puka shell necklaces on and shit <laughs> I'm writing this movie. Yeah, yeah. In my version of the movie, Volpini takes the stand against yeah. them. It's going to be fucking great. Horse justice. 
Uh, today crime's gonna be a little horse. I don't know where we're gonna go. <laughs> so, um, yeah, let me get uh, back. To Sorry. No, no, you're good. I, I fucking like my. I hit my thumb and uh, so. Uh, shit, my bad. <laughs> Just make up the rest of it. Yeah, right. Well, anyways, uh, <laughs> with the Indy 500, uh, the president shows up. Yeah, uh, hard to explain. Yeah, so state and federal officials they discovered they uh, they soon discovered De Silva's bets at Balboro and but now they, now they have the De, De Silva had just won the two right the two winnings before that with the same fucking betting process that right they and did they there. they had checked Chris Harn's log yeah and yeah and it, it, like it all yeah. fucking came yeah uh, so at New York State complete, uh, police also seized computers from Autoto and Harn's house and also subpoenaed Harn's phone records on November twelfth Harn Davis and De Silva were each charged with one count of wire fraud. That doesn't seem yeah, like that right? big of a crime. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Maybe because it involves like an obsolete technology. Yeah, yeah. Like, if you want to do I, wire I, fraud, I commit all my crimes through mimeograph, and <laughs> <laughs> I always will. Yeah, uh, yeah, because actually, the people who enforce it are the Railroad Commission of all things. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. So, in the face of mounting evidence, including numerous calls from Davis's cell phone to Hard's auto phone, and witnesses who saw Hard log into the Catskill site while on the phone, Hard opted to cooperate with investigators. The, the nerd mm. was the first one to her bitch yeah yeah yep. uh he also he not only admitted to rigging the breeders cup and the bet and the test runs he conducted to silva but he also told him about all the, all the times they cash unpaid tickets you oh. fucking raising your hand to remind the teacher there's fucking homework ass motherfucker. <laughs> god damn what a bitch what a bitch for real <laughs> that's what that well that's what that word means it's yeah nothing to do with a female no dog. of course that's, not that's it means a, a fucking nerd <laughs> who fucking who's Snitches on oh, you. Who darks on his horse, criminal buddies. <laughs> <laughs> I bet those frat guys were like, "You're a bitch, bro." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Federal law requires anyone cooperating with prosecutors to disclose all criminal activity in which they'd engaged. Oh, whatever. Yeah, so you go, oh, also, I fucking, uh, yeah. uh, I stole fucking weed, and I don't know, whatever. whatever. <laughs> uh, why can't I think of a legal thing to steal? Anyways, uh, <laughs> on November 20th, a week after the indictment, Hard pleaded guilty to conspiracy to commit, wi- to com- conspiracy to commit wire and computer fraud, and yep. conspiracy to commit money laundering. He admitted to rigging the Breeders' Cup, Balmoral, and Belmont. He also admitted to bilking legitimate winners out of $92,500 with his duplicate ticket scheme. Oops. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Me? Uh, on December 11th, De Silva pleaded guilty to similar charges, but claimed he didn't even know Davis was in on the scheme and that he took no part in the Breeders' Cup bet. I believe that he didn't know Davis was in on the scheme because I just imagine him being so coked out of his mind. He's like, Derek was in this too? Yeah. yeah. Dude, Derek? Derek, fucking Derek, Derek Davis. I knew we shouldn't have gotten Derek, oh, dude. dude. Yeah. DD Double Diamonds. I used to know another <laughs> another white rapper I knew one time was Double a guy named, was a guy named Todd, and he was like To Double Diamonds. I, like, I like that name because it, it's like you know you're a white rapper when your rap name references skiing. Yeah, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's a very yeah, Caucasian exactly. yeah, yeah. reference. That's gonna catch. They'll get it. Yeah, the, the hood fucks with skiing. <laughs> uh, so yeah. Uh, so the they all day, are convicted. Yeah, the next day, Davis pleaded guilty to conspiracy to commit wire fraud and gave up all claims of the money. On March 20th, 2003, Hard was sentenced to a year and a day. Davis received 37 months, while De Silva re- re- received two years. That's honestly not that bad. It's not that bad. What do we, what do we always say? 
do it yeah <laughs> just do it do like, it you get <laughs> they lived very comfortably for like years. Three or four years yeah they had a fucking blast and then oh you gotta go to jail for a little while eh. yep yeah oh you lose your job at the betting facility that probably didn't pay that well anyway yeah like eh, exactly worth it the 3.1 million dollar payoff was split among 78 people who've gotten five out of six races right each got 39 grand in addition to their original 4600 okay that's prize. tight yeah yeah a bunch of fucking you think you won 4900 dollars and they're like surprise here's a year salary yeah you won 40 grand oh shit so even though the autotone officials characterize the scheme as the actions of, of a rogue software engineer which that's the best kind you can be uh the national thoroughbred racing association took swift action in the face of a growing outcry once the nature swift of the scam stampeding action swift st- yeah. they galloped <laughs> yeah action wins by a nose it required all tote companies to modify their software to allow bets to be forward immediately after it closed mm. it also pressured its member tracks into not doing business with parlors that didn't have the ability to record wages taken over the phone so they basically these uh scammers ruined it for everybody else yeah they ruined it for everybody else uh don't fear though uh De Silva davis tested positive for cocaine and agreed to enter drug rehab programs oh so, yeah that's good uh now, i like that the nerds still didn't do coke yeah 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 uh now what i mentioned about this guy uh i just this funny little kind of in cap uh after their sentences were handed down andrew Byer, who is the horse racing columnist for the chicago tribune which i can only imagine that industry is on the way fucking out. right I a horse about, racing yeah. column in a newspaper yeah. i wrote about horse racing in print you know? yeah he definitely <laughs> he has a little note card in his hat <laughs> man that guy's got no fucking skills yeah 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 sorry yeah. dude when you're out of a job there is nothing yeah. you can do i'm a horse racer i girl. write about a lost art in a lost art yeah, that's yeah. what i do <laughs> fuck yeah he's a, an enigma wrapped in a riddle <laughs> wrapped in a failing industry <laughs> all right so uh so he says he says um now uh he said they got 77 months down to layman. This seems to be a perverse working of the justice system. And basically he said he has all these things about how like they, uh, they built, he runs the numbers because he's done He talks about how like they essentially built everybody who ever bet out of $13,070 because the way that their money affected the betting pool, essentially, I think he lost money. <laughs> I, he must've lost money. He's just pissed. He's a degenerate. Yeah. He's gambling that fucking horse salary away. At the fucking horse track. <laughs> so, Sorry, dude yeah yeah so that is uh that's the tale of the 2002 breeders cup betting scandal nice uh yeah i I think that the takeaway here is uh do it do it on that one i'd say do it like (laughs) if you have the means and the ability to do that i like the idea of we should end all of these being like is this worth doing was it worth it worth it was it i feel like this one was kind of worth it yeah it's kind of worth it and also while researching this i was researching uh de silva is it he has like he he has come out of this i guess pete like the public has had the most sympathy for him for de silva because he was like oh i'm an addict blah 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 yeah 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 exactly and like it seemed like hard hard approached him when he was at his lowest like it didn't hard like, was the one that came up with the fucking idea he didn't even right. go in and cash the tickets like so he uh he does a bunch of interviews and shit like and uh Aww. like yeah and he has like kind of an online presence and stuff there's a funny picture of him holding a sign that says glenn and he's frowning <laughs> <laughs> so everyone google that glenn de silva yeah frowning frowning yeah. <laughs> the sign of his name yeah and, and uh yeah, like one of the ones he was on like a like, like a website called disruptive technologies where they, they essentially are kind of sewers of shit like this and yeah, they fucking yeah. interview him and stuff so so he's doing okay 
okay. Yeah, he's all doing right. all right. Yeah, he's doing good. Good for him. So uh, everybody, they're all doing good again, I would imagine. I Congrats mean, on your sobriety, Glenn. Yeah. And it just, guys, you know, if you're going to do it, make sure you're you're white and in a fraternity. Cause, yeah. Yeah. And it'll make things a lot easier. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So I guess, you know, that's, uh, that's all for that one. Uh, guys, thanks for tuning in or listening or watching. <laughs> no, um, please make sure that you uh, rate, like, listen, or share, subscribe. Uh, if you're going to write a review, you know, uh, make sure I was a genuine concern for my health and your yeah, heart. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we do really appreciate those reviews, though, particularly yes. the five star ones. Yeah, uh, that's it would, what makes it easy for us to look up, and like that's what puts us on like, like you know, like more on the radar on as the far charts. as the algorithm and shit. Yeah, yeah. and uh, you know, we're we, we're doing this for free, so yeah. uh, it'd be nice if you could. It'd be fucking nice if you could yeah, right. show some gratitude. Yeah. If you can say something nice <laughs> once in a while, you never call. No, uh, right. thank you guys so much. Uh, yeah, don't yeah. get caught. Don't get caught, guys. Take it easy. We'll see you next time. International.